This is Hawkside Guns Podcast. Hello and welcome to Hawkside Guns Podcast. This is a rather timely uh, uh, follow-up to Cast 55, uh, happening the next, the week after. Uh, so for us, that's a red-letter month. We've had more than two podcasts in March. Wow. I know. I know. It's it's just crazy. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, under normal circumstances, we're right about when shooting season for us actually starts. Versus right, and we normally cold. yeah have a lot of content then, except that uh, this year we're under the worst ammunition shortage in the, uh, well, really uh, recent well, in, memory. Yeah. Uh, the, since since am, <laughs> commercial production ammunition is available to the public, it is the worst shortage in that memory, really. Uh, but what we got going on right now is uh, a couple of things, actually. Um, one, yesterday, at the time of this uh, recording, I had a chance to go out and shoot. Bastard. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, uh, it, was, it was cool. Uh, a, we've, we collectively said, okay, we, we need to go out. We need to. It was a beautiful day in Texas. It was 55 degrees and sunny, warming up to about a, a you know 62 with a slight breeze. Right. Uh, this is perfect weather for shooting. And oh, it's uh, just perfect weather. Yeah, I mean, it's just it was just absolutely fantastic. So we weren't going to waste the day. So we made a couple of calls, and all of us decided to throw in. Now, none of us had enough ammunition to shoot, like, everything. You know, like, bring pistols and shotguns and rifles and everything. Oh, my. We didn't do that. We picked one thing. <laughs> one thing to shoot. So it wasn't load the truck and let's go? Right. And uh, it, it was uh, it was more like, okay, we're going to shoot clays. So everybody, what kind of shotgun ammunition do you have, and how much do you have? Well... As it turned out, we found a three quarters of a case of 12 gauge. Okay, now where where does one find this? Well, uh, basically, a friend of mine who has uh, a great deal more firearms than I do. It's uh, probably somewhere in the neighborhood of hundreds. He's a collector. Uh, was cleaning out one of his back bedrooms last weekend uh, for a little bit of spring cleaning. And uh, when he says spring cleaning, basically he was trying to find a gun he lost in his own house. <laughs> and he's tearing open boxes and trying to, God, I know I have it somewhere, you know, because he wanted to do something with it, trade it, sell it, whatever. And what wound up happening is he tripped over a three-quarters of a case of 12-gauge seven-and-a-half. Must be awful. Yes, it was it was terrible. So he sent the text out, guys. You know, if you guys want to pitch in, I've got a three quarters of a case. That's enough to get us going. What what do you guys else? You know, what else do you guys have? And I I looked around and and in the bottom of my closet, I had a brick of twenty and about a hundred rounds of twelve that I was willing to, or uh, yeah, fifty rounds of twelve that I was willing to throw in. So two boxes there and, and a, 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 
a can basically of 20, which is about, uh, what, uh, two, four, six, eight, nine, nine boxes of, of 20 in, uh, various like seven and a half, eights, had some nines in there and stuff like that. And so the three of us yeah, went but, out. But at, but at this time, nobody's actually really going to quibble over, you know, shell size. No. I mean, yeah. I mean, no. I mean, 20 versus 12, yes, but, you know, number seven versus number eight versus six and a half or whatever. Yeah, nobody cares. Yeah, I'm happy I got something. <laughs> yeah, it will, it will bust a clay, so we're going to use it. And they were all, this was all my, my, uh, my old stock, the stuff I'd buy from, and you remember last year or year before, I would tell you, I, I would go to gun shows and buy 20 and 12, like the old boxes that were made around the time I was born, you know, in the 70s and 80s and stuff like that. And you could get them pre-COVID uh, for, I don't know, two, three bucks a box. I mean, nothing. Well, as long as they were kept dry, they should be fine. Right, they're fine. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, they smoke a little bit more, but but that's fine. Everybody well, likes that. So, and, and you are going to clean the firearm afterwards anyway. Right, and they're they're normally dirtier, and they smoke a little bit more. But they're fun to shoot, and it's fine. And and uh, a lot of times they they don't work great in automatics, but we've got plenty of break opens and pump actions and stuff to use. That that was guns wasn't the problem. Clays wasn't the problem. Uh, just go to the uh, ammunition uh, shelves at Cabela's. They got clay stacked all <laughs> over where that stuff should be. So it was great. And if you need ammo boxes, got plenty. Right? Oh, yeah. No, no. You, if you want to store ammo, you're good. But if you want something to put in the ammo boxes, that's where you're out of luck. <laughs> Slow down. Yeah. Uh, so we uh, we it wound up that we had hundreds of rounds available for the three of us to go shoot. So we went out around uh, mid-morning and everything and brought a slew of guns and had a great time busting clays just like we always do. And it's kind of funny because in, you know, before this whole ammunition shortage and everything, everybody puffs their chest out, I don't shoot this and I won't shoot. I like this brand better than that brand. I like this. Uh, you know, these oh, are yeah, slightly no, no, better. No, nobody does that shit anymore. No. <laughs> No, 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 no. They're like, wow, will this fit in this gun? Sweet, I'm going to shoot it. <laughs> so I brought I brought uh, my 20-gauge bicycle over and under, and I brought uh, the newly, freshly repaired Ithaca and oh, did, uh, did some it, other things. Did it, did it run? Oh, I'm going to tell you about that in a second. It's, it's funny as shit. Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, but... Usually if it's funny, it means bad. <laughs> But uh, we we had several uh, you know twelve gauges of pump and other very you know so a couple wingmasters and some other stuff out there. We just we shot for about two hours, two and a half hours, and and you know cycled them through pretty good. Went through a couple boxes of clays and and it was really just a good time. But uh, to the aforementioned Ithaca, so I brought it out there, and everybody w- who who knows me knows that I was very depressed that this particular gun was down and down for a year, and that isn't like me. Uh, I don't keep guns down that long. I don't. Um, I I love my Ithaca. I really do. I know it's a crappy gun, but I do love it. So I brought it out, and everybody was you know like like applauding, yay! You know it's it's up, it's out. We're glad you fixed it. You know. And, uh, you know, I showed, I pulled it apart and showed everybody the, uh, the repair and everything. And I said, okay, we're going to go kind of easy on it. <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> blow through uh, this uh, thing. Uh, 
Uh, okay, I'll, I'll just go ahead and ask the question. How many shells did you get through it? A hundred and... Well, it's somewhere between 100 and 125. I wow, got 125 okay. through it. However, um, now I checked every every other box. So like uh, every 50 rounds, I checked the uh, maybe every 35 rounds. I check, I pull it apart because it's really easy to pull that thing apart. I pull it apart and check the weld, right? And it did not break there at any time. What it broke is... <laughs> Further down the line on that slide assembly, now that that weld was so strong and it was holding, the mm-hmm. very tip of the damn thing, where it hooks across the, uh, or hooks under the, the little tube thing, snapped. Somewhere between 100 and 125 shells uh, in, it snapped and fell out the bottom of the gun. I have no idea so, where it went. So, so basically, the entire part was crappy to begin with. Yes. And even though you managed to strengthen one part, it just made another part. It just traveled, to, yeah. you know, the vibration traveled down the, <laughs> the same bar, as a matter of fact. And there's only two places this thing fails, right? It fails up near the, the bolt and near the hook at the front. And I had repaired the one by the bolt, and the one by the hook snapped. Uh, somewhere, I don't know when it happened, because I checked it at 100. Like, when we put a full brick through, I'm like, hey, guys, I need to take this one out of service, because everybody likes to shoot the Ithaca. I need to take this one down for a minute. I, I spread it out in the back of the truck, um, laid a blanket down, and just kind of took it apart to make sure it was fine. It was absolutely fine. Put it all back together, handed it to my buddy. We were all shooting bird loads. I mean, this was all seven and a halves. And... When uh, it it wound up having another box run through it, and when I took it apart at the end of the day, and then we put it up and shot some other stuff, uh, but I was all super proud. Everybody was high fiving the the, the Ithaca was back because everybody likes to shoot it. And then at the end of the day, I was like, you know what? Let me just take this apart just to check. And somewhere between 100 and 125, the hook at the front of the tail end, uh, the slide assembly broke. Well, I mean, it sounds like it was at least still cycling, though. Oh, no, it cycled absolutely fine because it's got two hooks, right? It's got two hooks on the front. The right one broke. The left one was fine. It still cycled, still shot fine. In fact, if I didn't know it was broken, you cannot tell the difference. It cycles fine, and that's what a lot of people do. They'll let the gun run with one hook on the front of that slide to to pull the, the tube assembly back, and... They're like, yeah, runs fine. And they'll run it like that for years, right? But it drives so, me crazy that I just fixed it, and now it's broken <laughs> again. So what I have done is I've searched around my garage for a piece of flat bar that is exactly the same width, and I'm going to fabricate a new hook and weld it in. Oh, okay. Well, I, uh, because that was actually going to be my next question is, is what's the plan? Yeah, um, no, it's this 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 slide assembly is not going to defeat me. It is not like if I have to strengthen every weak point on it, that that will be done. Okay, uh, but there's only two weak points. There's the the point uh, right in front of the bolt, and then the the front uh, hook. And and basically, now that I strengthened the one on the back end so much that it's not moving, it, all the vibration just transferred to the front hook. I mean, that's all it was. Um, which is what happens, right? Like if one weak point doesn't go, because it's the same problem up front, right? It's where they stamped and rolled it, and there's like a little notch in the steel. And 
that's that's a weak point. When you when you stamp something and put a divot in steel, when you transfer a vibration in it, it's that's that's a fail point, right? And nowadays they don't do that sort of thing. They'll make sure that they design it better, but they didn't have the same kind of engineering and the same kind of materials in the seventies. So it's it's and that's why they never went back to making that. They they uh, made it from like the early seventies, maybe seventy, all the way to eighty seven. And then when they went bankrupt, and and uh, uh, came back years later. When they started, they looked at all the guns they had and all the the stuff they had, and and the the people who have the company now really love the company. I, I should say that they make good quality stuff. I'm a big fan of theirs. But they looked at that gun and went, I don't think we could fix that with any like <laughs> like we would have to put real engineering and real money in it. And there's more money to be made for a new f- fledgling company with a big history that's just got itself bought and out of bankruptcy to do then their first tackle job is the worst gun the company's ever made (laughs) well yeah but now we just need somebody to go through and do that with with remington and call it a day yeah exactly exactly and and see that's the part i i always liked about ithaca ithaca has wonderful guns they really do the 37 is a magnificent firearm uh it was super popular until the the mossberg 500 and the the 870 ran him out of the law enforcement business in the 70s and 80s um ithaca was it in a well, lot I, of, i'll admit i have started to see them pop up in some of the you know aftermarket um uh, websites in here yeah. and there just as far as stuff um and the funny thing is is that they're not going cheap at the moment no no and well i mean nothing's really going quote unquote cheap at the moment but yeah, but but prices on certain things are, are starting to rise again. Yeah. Yeah. So. And that's that's absolutely true. And Ithaca is one of those things that if you don't if you don't know anything about them, um, you know, they're, you're like, what is this? You know, why is it? Hmm, you know, but a lot of people don't know that the Ithaca 37 and I and I'm sure there'll be somebody out there who can correct me if I'm wrong on this. But John Browning had a hand in designing that. Well, didn't John Browning just basically have a hand in designing just about everything in old, the modern world? Yeah, yeah. old. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was—it's it, a fantastic shotgun. It was used in in militaries. It was used in law enforcement. It's a—it's a wonderful gun, and, the, and Ithaca makes wonderful guns in general. The one turkey they had was the one that happens to be my favorite. And I, they just, you know, they made it for about 17 years and then just quit because it would have been too expensive to redesign the thing. And it had such a bad name in the industry, much like the Smith & Wesson Model 1000, right? It had such a bad name at the time that they're just like, you know what, screw this, I'm not doing it. Um, there's better where, you know, better places to put our development money than bringing this thing back. And I always thought that was a damn shame because it's a fantastic gun to shoot. And uh, everybody likes shooting it, especially when I when I bring it and unwrap it, and it's fine. Um, it was it was a lot of fun to shoot. I'm actually better with that gun than many of the other guns I own. Uh, just because well, it's, it, it's always surprising to figure out which one that you actually shoot better than any of the rest of them, and it's not always the one you'd expect. Yeah, this was definitely it wasn't the Browning, you know, the Silver Hunter. No, um, I'm good with the Weatherby. I'm really good with the the Smith, but 
the well, Ithaca. That one's dad's now. Yeah, that one's my dad's. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he stole that because he's getting old and and it's the softest of the automatic, so it's it's very easy on his shoulder. He didn't want to say anything, but it he doesn't have the stamina with you know sitting there and shooting for a couple hundred rounds of twelve gauge like he used to, and uh, he needs a softer hitting gun and that's that's why i didn't really feel bad about giving him the the smith but um the ithaca i hit with left right and backwards i i don't know what it is about the length of pole the comb and the way it's set up or whatever but apparently that's what i should be shooting uh so it's very frustrating to me that the the damn thing has a design flaw in it that i have to keep dealing with but i am going to deal with this this is this is going to work um, if I have to just remanufacture the freaking assembly <laughs> myself, that is what we will out, do. Out of titanium? Out of something. Unobtainium. I don't care what it is. <laughs> like Something's got to give. I also, um, when I pull it apart, and I have a, a post I'm working on about this uh, shortly here, um, out of, uh, when I pulled the whole thing apart, of course, to, to do the welding and all that kind of thing, there's a nylon stopper right behind the bolt uh, or right inside the bolt behind the, the, um, the housing. And it's, it was obviously from the seventies. It just had been chewed up. I mean, probably three quarters of it was there. Uh, so, and I kept finding like these little pieces of, of white nylon, like little balls of white nylon in the gun. When I would clean it, I'm like, what is this from? I didn't disassemble the bolt completely. So I didn't ever really see it. And when I took it down to do the welding and all that kind of thing, I saw the, I found the nylon stopper and I'm like, Oh, <laughs> I need another one of you. Uh, it, now is that a part that can be found? Yes. As a matter of fact, it is. Uh, and I ordered it from, I think it's Jack's guns. Uh, now it's ridiculous prices, but when you need a nylon stopper, that's exactly like this, um, $11 for a little, uh, piece of nylon with a hole through it sounds excessive but you know what it makes the gun run better so uh you know for for me it was just like yeah let's just go ahead and do that uh and and i did so i put that one in there as i was reassembling for our afternoon yesterday so that's what we did and uh it was i love that gun i really do i am going to fix it again even i'm and i'll take pictures uh, of the, the part I'm about to fabricate now. Um, I, I mean, well, well, you, you do realize that your tales of woe to those of us who haven't gotten an opportunity to shoot any time in the past, well, almost a year. Um, but, you know, it's like, it's really tough to feel bad. <laughs> oh, poor you. You got to go out and shoot for hours. With it, yeah, it's, it's all, it must be awful for you. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the both of us I know do have a another tale of, of woe that that some people are going to feel bad at the first bit out and some people aren't and that's the fact that neither one of us got stimulus checks yeah isn't that <laughs> great now I don't know about you but I had to run past Walmart to hit the pharmacy yesterday and I have never seen more rednecks buying gigantic TVs at the same time in my entire life. Isn't that funny? <laughs> it's like, where's my big ass TV? You know, I mean, I was, uh, 
stimulus checks, I think, came out Wednesday. And I went to two places. One, I, I work right next to the, the office building I work in is right on top of the largest Galleria in the DFW area. So I went in there because uh, I was going to – I had to get some stuff for, for the girls. And there were more people carrying around, like, jewelry yeah, that they just bought <laughs> – and like multiple pairs of Jordan sneakers, you know, uh, that they had just bought, you know, like two, three hundred bucks a pop, you know, and and then I'm like, this is depressing, you know, because it's like Wednesday, everybody got their checks apparently, and then Wednesday I go to the mall, which has been dead for like a year, and there's people all over the place. It looked like somebody kicked over an anthill, uh, just in, <laughs> with buying power, right? Our, our local gun shop on my way home, I I stopped by, and there is a line out the door <laughs> on Wednesday with people just buying whatever $1,400 will get them. And you had sent me a meme. It's like, what would you like your stimulus check chambered in? <laughs> well, I mean, the, the other ones I've seen is, uh, you know, pictures of Biden just looking to disgusted at people buying guns with their stimulus checks and it's so funny because I, I think he had a, a a quote about shotguns uh he's like yeah just i'll go out there and, and i'm misquoting i'm sure so no, nobody like this isn't politically motivated i just i just thought it was funny like he explained home defense so perfectly crappy I'm like, what? You know, he's like, I just got out there with, I tell her to get out there on the porch with a double barrel and blast two, and then everything would be fine. And I'm like, oh. are you advocating, like, warning shots? That's typically not a bad idea, or not a good idea. And second <laughs> of all, you shouldn't advance toward danger. You can't, you can't have self defense if you're advancing out of your house towards danger. That's a horrible message to send. Well, well, yeah, but also the part of, uh, of Delaware he lives in is, uh, it's not exactly a gated community, but I promise you they got private security floating around. <laughs> exactly. Is that a problem where you live, Joe? I don't think it is. Um, especially not at 1600 Pennsylvania, which is where you're currently living. Um, but, I I just uh, I had to laugh because I'm just like, well, that's what I would be doing if I had. Oh hell yes! If I had that, I would go buy. You know what I would get? I would get a Project 1911. Okay, that makes sense. I think that's what I would get, um, because it's not enough for a Satori, right? Not really, because the Satoris that I like are about two grand. I've I've been coming across them for like three these days. Yeah. Well, okay. That's probably more correct. The prices or the the Satori's that I liked pre-vid were around two grand. You're probably right. They're probably three now. Y- yeah, but because it, it, and we've talked about it before, I've been hunting for one of the newer uh, Henry rifles, um, and I have found them. They're fifteen hundred bucks. I found them. <laughs> And and, and the thing is, is that even my first thought was, okay, it's it's a new product. That's why it's expensive. But even then, like the Henry X models, which were going for eight, are now going for 13. Yeah. So prices are going up and it it blows. (laughs) Yeah. The the guy I sold that uh, A5 
uh, Browning to, he has listed it in his store for seven ninety five. Now he gave me like four ninety five for it. Yeah, that's about right. So and I'm like that, that that is about the markup if you're if you're looking to if you sell your used gun what they're going to try to sell it for right right so I was like okay and I went by uh, again on my way home I think it was Friday or something like that and it was marked up to eleven <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm like what's what's the deal with that man he's like oh stimulus checks <laughs> like wow. Yeah. It's like, I'm a local business. I'm stimulus. <laughs> wow, dude. Good luck with that. Any takers? It goes, all it takes is one. <laughs> and, and, and that really is. is it, it's, some, it's not whether or not it's going to get sold. It's a question of who's going to buy it. Right. Right. Because so. he's going to be able to get it. And it's like, wow, man. But yeah, I think I think my my if I was going to buy something with over a thousand dollars, like say if I got fourteen hundred bucks, it would probably go to a project nineteen eleven. Well, uh, I mean, but you've wanted that for a bit. I have, I have, but with fourteen hundred dollars of kind of quote unquote unbudgeted money, I could afford to get like a messed up cult, like yeah. a real one. And then just clean the ever-loving shit out of it. Uh, yeah, you know, and, and do, you know, any mods that I wanted and, and make sure it was all, you know, nice and tight and everything like that. But I think that's what I would do for a project. Chambered in 45 if if I could, but um, not necessarily, I mean, it wouldn't have to be that. I, I could do a 9mm, but I'd prefer a 45. That's what a, that's what a 1911 is supposed to, quote-unquote. Supposed unquote, to be, yes, exactly. Yeah. But uh, what about you? What would, if you had fourteen hundred in your pocket, unbudgeted, what would you do? Oh, I'd buy one of the new Henrys. <laughs> <laughs> I but the things that I'm looking at right now that are a little bit more my budgeted speed uh, is I mean we've talked about the new Walders out. And yeah, the I'm probably gonna have to get one of those. The compacts I haven't seen out yet, but the full sized ones I have. Well, I know they have the compact. Uh, oh, they have it. I just haven't. I haven't been able to find it available mm. for sale yet. I found the uh, the full sized ones for sale, but that's not what I would want. Yeah, well, it's not what Shannon would want either. And quite honestly, I'm fine with a compact. It doesn't it doesn't matter to me whether it's full size or compact. And Shannon would definitely prefer that. Uh, and um, I, I gripe and moan about it, but you know, honestly, if I brought one home and she wanted it, you know, for as a service pistol, that's fine. Well, the other one that's popped up with surprisingly little fanfare, and it may just be due to the fact that, you know, other than people running out with their stimulus stimulus checks, there's not a whole lot of, you know, firearm stuff going on just because there's no ammo to put in it. Um, uh, Smith & Wesson actually finally upgraded the shield. I heard about that. I have yes. not laid my hands on one. Oh, I haven't laid my hands on one yet, though. I think I'm going to go try and see, put my hands on one uh, tomorrow afternoon if I can. But um, what they, and I, because I don't know how they managed to, what they did as far as changing the dimensions, or even if they changed the dimensions, but they managed to take their normal six, seven, eight round uh, firearm and make it into a ten and thirteen round firearm. So, so basically, trying to catch up with the Sig P365 and the Hellcat from uh, Springfield, and uh, the 
uh, Glock 43X, which the, the Glock 43X, they just extended the grip, which makes it diff- more difficult to conceal. But with the Hellcat and the P365, it's a completely, those were both completely redesigned firearms. I'm curious to see what they did to something that is about as ubiquitous to the concealed carry market as has ever been and tr- just finally added several more rounds to it. I, I don't know whether or not they changed the dimensions of the grip. Uh, if they just did a new type of magazine or what? I don't know, but but that has been the only complaint I have heard about those those shields. Well, the the other thing they did is improve uh, the trigger. The triggers on the original shields were just garbage. Um, not as nearly as bad as what you got from the original semi-automatic Tauruses, but as far as what the the, the better triggers on the market would be, they were really crunchy. Um, the mod two and the performance center triggers were an extreme upgrade. And then they say they've upgraded it again. And not only that, but they got rid of the hinge trigger that everybody seems to hate and put the normal dongle type trigger like you find in a Glock and other things on it as well. Well, the, the big problem I've seen for, for the MP shields is just, like everybody moves to a SIG because it carries more, right? Yes. And and that's like if you're just buying a gun, and, and it's and you're right, you know the early shields did, it, but the, the modern ones, you know, the ones made in the last year or two are have been fine, you know, as oh, far as been, trigger and all that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, but the, the 2.0s are excellent. Yeah, but when when I hear people and see people because I hang out quite a bit. Uh, making a decision, they'll have a in a perfect world. They'll have a sig and they'll have an MP. They like the the shield better, but because the sig and like you're saying the Hellcat and some of the others carry more rounds per load, they normally opt for that, even though they're more expensive. And they really want the shield, right? Because it's probably a little bit you know easier. It's a bit more contoured. You can carry it a little bit better. All that kind of thing, which may not be the case anymore. But um, that's always been the deciding factor. Oh, this one carries more. And if they're evening the playing field on that and manage to keep it so it's very concealable, SIG may have more of a problem than they think they do because those shields roll off of shelves. Uh, it, it, it may very well be. And that really what it is going to come down to is how does it shoot, which I can't imagine it shoots poorly. But the reason the Hellcats didn't uh, overtake the shields at all was, excuse me, not the shields, the uh, the, the, the Sig Sours, is the Hellcat doesn't shoot as nicely as the Sig does. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I mean, it j- just that simple. It doesn't shoot badly, but if you try both of them, it is night and day. I mean, I wouldn't tell somebody not to get a Hellcat, uh, but at the same time, if you've tried both of them, the SIG is ten times smoother. You know, every time, every time I walk into a a gun shop or, you know, a Cabela's or something like that, I really like the way the Springfields look. Look. Right? Oh, absolutely. And, and and we've already been through how many of them I have purchased and then turned around and sold back. And that is exactly why I never buy one right now. Because it's like, oh, God, you know, Jake was telling me about this, and he's had his hands on it, and every one he's picked up, he's but, sold almost immediately. And, and, and I want desperately to like them because they are some of the coolest looking firearms. In the God, they look nice. 
But yeah, I just I don't find them comfortable. There's really absolutely no adjustment to the grip whatsoever. It doesn't even come with a change outable back strap or anything of that nature. It's about as blocky as you're going to get it to be. Um, Actually, even blockier than what you find out of a Glock. Yeah. But but yeah, Yeah. no. But they look I mean, God, they look so neat. And it's just every time I look at one, it's just like, "Mm, no, this fire's crappy. You know, you know, you know, it does compare it to anything more refined, slightly more refined and, and with pistols. Anyway, I, I, I shouldn't say anything about the rifles or, or anything because I don't know about. Oh, the, the actually, rifles. I will say that Springfield makes an absolutely beautiful rifle, especially their um, uh, tactical versions of the M1s. Uh, that's the what is it? The MIA? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, th- no. As far as as far as those go, and then the Saint, which is their version of the AR, mm-hmm. um, th- they build absolutely beautiful rifles. Uh, I'm just not a fan of their handguns. Yeah, their their pistols are just kind of, mm, you know, I. Now it, I don't know if it has anything to do with it at all, but the other thing is with regards to their pistols, up until the Hellcat, have not been their own design either. It's a it's a Croatian firearm that they bought and imported. Uh, now, I don't know if that has anything to do with it. I mean, we've, we've talked before about how the Czechoslovakians and the Turkish make excellent firearms. And, you know, you're thinking, Czechoslovakia? Um, <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I don't know that it's anything bad, the fact that it's coming out of Croatia. But at the same time, maybe? Now, have you tried their 1911? Actually, no, I have not. I have not either. And I saw one the other day. And it was a... Um... God, what, what, it looked beautiful. It was a, uh, a Springfield 1911. Um, God, what was the uh, range officer? I think. Okay. Uh, it was. Uh, it had a, a beautiful. It was either walnut or rosewood, uh, uh, checkered with a, an emblem in the handle. Uh, it had. It was kind of smoked out a little bit. Had uh, front and rear uh, knurled on the slide. It was polished stainless on the on the uh, the receiver or the uh, the the bolt. Uh, had a drilled polished trigger. I mean, the thing was really pretty. It was used. Uh, I think it was. I don't know. Like, I, I think it was just a flat grand. Uh, I'll be honest. I have actually not shot what you would call a high-end 1911 before, because most of the the high-end 1911s have been outside of my budget. Um, yeah. So I haven't bothered with them. I'm, don't get me wrong. I've shot a 1911, but I'm talking about Taurus, Rock Island, and, and that sort of thing. <laughs> um, but the the six hours, the Colts, the uh, Kimbers. All of that, I have, I actually haven't shot one of those before because it's never been, it's always been outside of my capabilities. Well, I have, I, I go shooting, uh, did, let me rephrase that, did <laughs> go shooting uh, quite a bit with people who have significantly more money than I do. And what they would pull out of the cases when we went to the range was stuff like a Dan Wesson. Oh, yeah. I mean... Uh, and, you're, and and you're not going to do better than that. Yeah, and it's just like, well, yeah, <laughs> you know, of course, of course, this works well. You know, it was it was a uh, uh, God, what was it? It was a Dan Wesson. Um, 
I want to say it was a vigil, uh, which is a very plain look for Dan Wesson. It's a very plain looking gun for Dan Wesson. Um, kind of blacked out a little bit, beautifully tooled rosewood handles. It's got all the features that a modern 1911 would have. Uh, I, I'm I'm pretty sure I can get still get you one engraved with Donald Trump's face if you want. You know, I'm going to pass. Um, <laughs> talk about a gun that will be very hard to get rid of should I ever want one <laughs> or want to. <laughs> I mean, whether you love him or hate him, that gun is so politically charged, especially with with uh, like try bringing that to a gun store and trying with the the background check, like you're not doing it to a private sale. Try bringing that to a gun store and having them look at that, going, "Well, that's going to be on the shelf for two years before somebody else will take it." <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is and it, but even that goes into the right customer because as much as we're as much as you or i wouldn't do it you know there's somebody out there that would wear that open on their hip with pride oh yeah yeah you know like i i don't want anybody's let me just be clear i don't want anybody's face on my gun <laughs> like just none i don't i don't, well, I don't well, need anybody's well, face well nobody real i mean you might go for like you know darth vader or something like that but nobody real yeah like maybe a stormtrooper or something like yeah like some kind of character or scene or something like that but yeah any politician can stay the hell off the side of my gun let me just <laughs> be clear i don't care who you're with or who you're for or what you're doing uh, uh, okay but i'm gonna throw one last one out there for you and we have discussed it before but if you and I know it's not your style, but if you were going to build your own AR-15, would you not, if it was available to you, buy the Angry Joe AR-14 lower? <laughs> I might. I would. I might. Because <laughs> why not? You know. Exactly. I mean, and, and and it's but it's also a conversation piece. Oh, you got an AR-15? Nope. I am an Angry Joe AR-14. <laughs> it's so great. So awesome! It lost a number. Yeah, exactly. I heard a kid the other day come into a shop and said he was looking for a 375. Oh God! And and the guy and. To his credit, the guy behind the counter didn't even blink, didn't even, like, there was no, like, disdain or anything like that. Come again? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, 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 uh, 357. Oh, oh, yeah, one of those. Yeah, well, we have some of those. <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, I know it's rehashing an old story, but I still will never get over the guy who thought that his Glock 45 would both take both 9mm and 45. Please, please. Put a forty-five bullet in there. Go ahead. <laughs> I would love to see what happened. Now, uh, <laughs> can you if, can, did, if, if you can did, get it in bag. the mag or see, you, if you can get it in the mag and get the damn thing to, to, to stick wherever it's gonna yeah, stick. He, he's looking at the thing that says Glock forty-five nine millimeter, and he's like, it, it, it takes both. I'm like, no, it no, doesn't. I promise you, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> Let me show you a nine millimeter bullet, and let me show you a forty-five. Okay, there is no way that that is going in that in that tube. It's just not happening. I don't think you can actually even get the forty-five to chamber. I don't think so. I mean, it's such I a fat bullet. I mean, there's. 
I'm sure there's some somebody out there. No, I, I can do it, but it's mm, no. Pretty sure you can't, but okay. Uh, look, I'm not saying there's not some idiot out there who can who can make it fit and then blow the front <laughs> of their barrel off. Um, <laughs> I'm sure it can be done somehow, but it's just no. I, I don't think naturally you could ever load what, that. What, what's the quote we keep going back to? Everyone who's referred to something as idiot proof has uh, uh, completely misjudged the ingenuity of idiots. Yes. Yes, uh, things that like, and I used to, to to do a lot of software design, and and like the 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 reports that would come back for bugs, it's just like, how did you get it to do that? Oh, I just did this and this. Why? <laughs> you know? But regardless of who's doing what stupid thing with what gun, we're gonna pause it here, and we hope you guys are able to shoot. We hope you find some ammunition. We hope you get out to your local range, your local ranch, your local field in the middle of nowhere and shoot your favorite guns. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for downloading. And we will see you next time. On behalf of Jake Bona and I, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. If you're interested in more content like this or podcasts, Check us out at hawkseyeguns.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.